1: is uh, presented as a story within a story within a story. And it's the story of, uh, it's the story of, let's see exactly how it goes, I don't remember, but like I said, Parvati asks Shiva about who he's remembering all the time. And Shiva says, it's Ram. And, And Parvati says, like, what's the deal with this guy? And Shiva goes, well, you know, I can't really tell you the whole story. Why don't you go to the king of birds, Garuda? And he knows the whole story, and he'll tell it to you. So Garuda comes and starts to tell the whole story of Ram. And um, Parvati asks him, you know, how did you hear this story, and how did you... uh, How how did did you come to know it? And uh, something happened with Garuda, and I forget exactly what it was. (laughs) I'm a great devotee. And he was told to go to the king, to this crow. There was a crow who lived on a mountain And he's the one who knows the whole story of Ram, and that Garuda should go to him to hear the, the whole story. So he went to the to this crow, whose name was Kakabusundi, and he approached him, and Kakabusundi was sitting there under a tree telling these stories of Ram to these other birds who had uh, congregated around him. And uh, he welcomed the king of birds. Garuda is the king of the birds. And Garuda said, you know, could you please tell me this story? And Kakabasundi said, sure. So then after the story was over, uh, after the story was over, Garuda asked Kakubasundi, "How is it that you know this story? I mean, and how is it that you're here, a crow, and you're sitting here on this mountain, and you, you and you know this story? I don't understand." So Kakubasundi told his story to Garuda, and his story was that he was uh, a disciple of Shiva. And he had a very good guru, a very kind, loving guru. But as a disciple, he was very arrogant. And he didn't like devotees of Vishnu. And he, he was a very nasty guy, very arrogant guy. But his guru was so kind and loving to him. So the crow says one day he was sitting in the Shiva temple, meditating. Meditating. And his guru walked in. And Kakup- the crow, Kakapasundi, as a man, pretended that he didn't know his guru had come in the temple and didn't get up out of respect for the guru. And at that instant, Shiva manifested and came into the through the lingam and manifested right there in the temple. And he points to this arrogant disciple, and he said, you, I curse you for the disrespect you've shown to your guru. I curse you. You will be born a crow, and you'll be born a crow, and you remain a crow for eons. So, the guru was horrified because he loved his disciple so much, and he prayed to Shiva to, ch- to take back the curse. And <clears throat> It's a very beautiful prayer, and I'm going to sing it for you right now. But at the end of the prayer, Shiva said to him, Okay, I can't take back the curse, but I can change it. So, yes, you will be born as a crow for eons, but you will be, you will be a perfect Gyani. You will be an enlightened being. And more than that, you will be witness to all the leelas of Ram, in all the different universes. You will be able to see how Ram takes a form in every universe to alleviate suffering. You will see the Ramayana in every universe, and you will be able to tell people these stories. So, that was what happened. So, Kakava that's what happened he was born as a crow but he was a fully enlightened being as a crow and he could he was witness to all the ways that ram manifests and takes avatar in all the universes in our universe ram looks like a man in other universes he looks like whatever those beings look like don't ask me <laughs> so this is that prayer and it's called the rudrashtak rudrashtakam or the uh, What else? There's another name for it, but that's what it's called, (coughs) Rudra Forgot the melody. Take a drink of water, and maybe my mind will come back. Uh, The other name is called the Shiva Stuti.
2: Shamesha Nirovana Rupam Brahma Veda Swarupam Nijam Nirgunam Nirikalpam Nireham Chitaka Shamaka Akaramonkaramulam turiyam Giragyanagoti tamisham girisham Karalam Mahakalam Kripalam Unagar Matoham Tushara Sankash Kauram Gabiram, Mano Bhutu Kotip Prabhashri Sariram, Swaran Molikalon Echaru Ganga, Balendu Tante Bujanga, Chalat Bru. Sunetram Vishalam Prasana Nanam Nila Kantam Dayalam Magadhi Shacharamam Baram Mundamalam Vyam Shankaram Sarvanatam Vacham Prachandam Prakrishtham Pragalbam Padesham kamtham ajambhanu ko te prakasham shulapani adeham babhani pate bhavangan kalatit kalyan kalpante kari Sadasa Janananda Data Purari Chitananda Sandoha Mohapahari Prasirda Prasirda Prabhu Manam Matari Nayavadhumanatha Padara Pajanti loke natavat sukam shanti santapanasam proceed of Prabhu sarva bhuta devasam nijana miyogam chapam pujam natoham sada sarvada shambhutubhyam charajan madhukhaoga tatapyamanam trabopahi apanna namamesha shambhu vidrashtakam idam protam ye patantena bhaktya Te Shambh Shambhu Prasidh Te Karpura Gauram Karnavataram Sam Sarasaram Puja Gendraharam Sadhavasantam Bhardhayara Bhinde Sahitam Amen. Shiva, Shambhu Sadashiva, Sh. Shang- Yeah. i i a
1: Tonight we have to stop on time at nine, because there are people joining us from all around the world uh, for Shivratri. So we will take a few questions, and uh, then we'll sing some more. Question for KD. How do I meditate? Is there a specific way or a better way to meditate? Sometime I chant, God, chant God's name in my heart in an imaginary mala. Is that also meditation? Uh, meditation is a really big subject, but very simply, it comes down to, at first at least, calming the mind coming back from dreamland and coming back home to oneself again and again and again until one gets somewhat familiar with the feeling of being uh, at ease within oneself. Whoa. Got a cramp. So uh, anything that helps you uh, slow down, the repetition of God's name, watching your breath, counting your breath, Repeating the name silently, moving your mouth, or repeating the name actually—you know—whisper or singing the name if it's convenient to do that. This is all meditation practice, uh, essentially. So that's all. It's all good. Find one practice that you feel comfortable doing, and uh, don't don't try to make anything happen. Okay, don't manipulate. Don't expect. Fancy, nice, big, emotional this or that and lights to come on and everything. Just uh, slow down. Everything is here. This is where we have to find out where that is. So that's the way one should start. And Katie, somebody says, uh, no, we was that other question here. Does a yogi have to be completely abstinent to make progress? Well, I certainly hope not. <laughs> I certainly hope not. No, uh, one does not have to be completely abstinent. In fact, trying to be celibate <clears throat> and be busy in the world uh, is very difficult. And it can, be, it can create a lot of tension inside uh, Really, most of so many of our issues as Westerners is that we can't accept all the different parts of ourselves. There's so much self-loathing and self-hatred, self-judging. And we think if we do this, we'll be good. And if we don't do that, we'll be good. You know, take it easy. Take it easy on yourself, really. Uh, don't, don't, don't try to fit yourself into some intellectual mold that you think is holy. That's not the case. Each one has to find what works for us. There are periods where I've been celibate for years uh, because the situations that I was in were conducive to that. One, one time, one of those times, was in India with Maharaji. I just wasn't interested. I just wanted to be boom, with him. So it was not a pro- much of a problem. Ha ha ha. It wasn't that difficult. It was possible, but if I had been in America between the ages of 23 and uh, 20, 23 and 20, no, no. Yeah, 23 and 26. Forget about it. But in India at that time, doing what I was doing, it was I think it was a good vacation from the neurosis. The, bo- the men in the boat in that story, did not recognize me. They didn't know it was me. I didn't know it was me. <laughs> but they were just, this is what they were doing. They were playing that hara hara mahadev to anybody who, as they were uh, floating on the river, I guess they liked it. No, they didn't know it was me. I didn't tell him anything on the boat. I just gave him 10 rupees to put some flowers in the water and make a little thing and then told him to go away. <laughs> How was Mahashivratri with Maharaji? I don't think I was ever with Maharaji on Mahashivratri. That was during the winter time and he used to travel in the winter don't remember being with him, but I could have been, but I don't remember. And same with Siddhima. In the winter, she was uh, usually traveling in places. But I was with Tuari for many different Shivaratis. And it was incredible. For Shivrati, they would he and his wife would do four Shiva pujas in a row. And it would take them about 12 hours. And they would sit there and not get up. And he would be chanting the mantras... And she would be ringing the bell and making the offerings and doing all kinds of things. And he'd be chanting the mantras. And There's a long story about that, I could tell. We don't have time now. But uh, one time I actually went out of my mind. <laughs> oh, one of many times. But that was, uh, it was Incredible. Incredible. So the, li- so the lila is there to bring up the evil in the world and destroy it. How to destroy it? Well, when you're God, you'll know. We just do the best we can. Those leelas are God's leelas. They're the leelas of the universe purging itself of, of negativity. We don't know. But we have all those things within us. Greed, shame, fear, aggression anger uh, selfishness shame we have all these things within us all these negative emotions so the same thing goes on inside when we purify our hearts when we clean the mirror of our hearts and how do you do that connecting with the deeper place within us doing some practice spiritual practice I feel I'm at a breaking point, a slave to my emotional attachments and can't find any purpose in life, any advice. I feel lost. Uh, Look in the mirror. You're not lost. You just don't like what you're feeling. That's called attachment to negative emotions, identifying with negative feelings. They are not who you are. But we are glued to them because we've been glued to them for eons so one has to do some practice one has to work with one's negativity to release it and one to try to understand where it comes from to some degree so one can release it but you're not lost you're right here you're always here where else could you be you're here aren't you you just don't like it (laughs) that's the whole thing So, if you don't like it, that's called suffering. How do you relieve suffering? How do you find freedom from suffering? Do some practice. When you have strayed so far from the divine, how do you feel worthy enough to return? Same story. Negative stories we tell ourselves. They are not true. They are absolutely not true. But we believe them. Each one of us has that internal, inner, indwelling presence, the love that lives within us is who we are. But we are, we're turned away from it. But that doesn't mean it's not here. And that doesn't mean it's not more real than what we think is real. So one learns to slowly turn and move one d- more deeply into oneself you're never far away from God because God lives within you as who you are who you truly are not who you think you are or emotionally feel you are so but we're we're attached to those identified with those feelings so it's very painful do some practice do some chanting do some sitting quiet the breath, do some asana, do some pranayam. do whatever you can to lighten yourself up a little bit. And don't try to get away from those negative feelings. You can't get away from them, but you can learn to let them go again and again, again and again. How do you know that you're awakening? Well, I don't think you do. But if you're more kind to other people, and if you don't obsess about yourself all day long, that's a good sign. My daughter wants to know what do I recommend beginning ch- for meditating and chanting for a seven year old? She is tuning in with me tonight. She has trouble sitting still for five minutes. Me too. <laughs> So you don't have to sit still. You don't have to be like this to meditate. You can move. You can dance. You can have fun. But when you're moving and dancing, so you put on the chanting, right? And you're dancing to the music. Enjoy. And when you notice that you're thinking about other things, just come back to the feeling of dancing. And if you decide to sit down for a while and listen to the chanting, just listen to the music, listen to the chanting. And then you might notice that you're not paying attention. You're thinking about other things. Then just simply come back again to the music. But don't try to sit still like this. That's not gonna, why why would you do that? That's no fun. So just take it easy, be at ease, be gentle with yourself, And just treat people well, you know. Just try to treat other people the same way that you would like to be treated, even if they aren't so nice. That's the trick. That's a big thing. Okay? Good luck. Uh, During the movie, the the windfall... When of Grace, uh, I mentioned that there were f- four or five things that Maharaji said people need. No, that's not what he said. He said, you've heard of Ashtanga Yoga, the eight-limbed yoga, right? He, Maharaji said the Westerners were qualified for the five-limbed yoga. And those five limbs were eating, drinking tea, wandering around, sleeping, And yapping and talking all the time about everything—that's what he meant by gossiping. That's what—that was what the Westerners were qualified for. The five-limbed yoga, which we participated in, very intensely. Can I explain the symbolism of the plaid blanket? Uh, It's not symbolism. These are the blankets Maharaji wore. He always had a plaid blanket. Sometimes when it was very hot out, he either had a white sheet or or a, a lightweight shawl. But in the colder times, he wore a plaid blanket all the time. Are you considering Zoom meetings to have more personal interaction with people? Uh, we this Saturday, we are doing every, almost every other Saturday, we do what we call Chai and Chat. <clears throat> we used to do it in person in, in the city, in New York, but since we can't do that now, we do it as a Zoom meeting. And uh, everybody's online and can see everybody, and we talk about things. People talk. We talk. So if you're interested in that, just go to my website. What is bhang and why is it spiritual prasad on this day? Well, you know, bhang is a uh, is a preparation of uh, marijuana. And it, the leaves are ground up into a paste. And you can put spices in there and all kinds of things. You grind it up in the paste and then you put it in a, a drink, usually yogurt or fruit juice. And you blend it all up and that, that's called bhang. And supposedly, they, and the reason it's become like a, a thing on Shivratri is that it's said that Shiva uh, smokes charas, hash, all the time. But Maharaj used to say, uh, when you can drink poison like Shiva did, then you can smoke charas. So it's just a thing. It's a cultural thing. People do it. Uh, it's not. It's kind of like presents on Christmas. It's not really what Christmas is about, but it's culturally it's become a thing. Is it necessary to sit with enlightened souls or those who remember or vibration? vibrationally at a special level. No, that your own heart is, is all you need. And once you start to seek that presence in your own being, things will come to you in life that will be helpful for you. They arrive in your life because you need them, and they come. But one can't say that it's necessary Uh, it's a great blessing when you meet someone who's a great a good a very good saint and they just being in the presence of somebody like that can be very uh, very wonderful experience but we already have everything we need inside of us so that's the main thing to remember guru God and self are one are not different the real guru is inside The real guru is the light that lives within us as our true nature. That guru may take an external form to help us if it's necessary, but it's not necessary most of the time for most of us. Oh, well, like I say, we have to stop at nine tonight. How old was Maharaji when he passed and how did he die? Uh, he appeared to be uh, in his 70s and according to well, we know, his, we know his family now. We didn't then, but we know his family. So from his family history <clears throat> we, we understand that he was born around 1900. And It appeared that he died of a heart attack. But that's not the whole story, although it's certainly one story. So I'll tell you one quick story. So we were in Allahabad at Dada Mukherjee's house. And every winter, Maharaji would come and spend a lot of time there. One day, we were in the big room, and a lot of devotees were there, and we were all chanting, Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram. And as we were chanting, these two young men came in the room, Indian men, and sat down by the door in the back of the room. And Maharaj saw them, and he said to them, go, go back, go back and bring the old lady. Go on, go, go get the old lady. So they left. They came back an hour or so later with a very, very old woman. And the story was that... uh, one of those boys was her nephew, or great-nephew. And they lived in a little village outside of Allahabad, and they had heard that Neem Karoli Baba was there. So, and they knew that she, the boy knew her, his aunt loved sadhus. So they stopped at her house to ask her if she wanted to come to meet Neem Karoli Baba. And this woman, who was definitely at least mid-80s, she said to them, Neem Karoli Baba? Oh, he's long gone now. He was my grandfather's guru. And I, when I was a child of eight years or so, eight years old or so, I used to sit in his lap. So he's long gone. This must be some imposter. So she didn't come. Then the two guys came, and Maharaji saw them and said, go bring the old lady. So now... They came back with the old lady and they came in the room and sat down. Maharaji got up right away and went into his other room, his bedroom. And he called them in. And the old lady was like, she was looking at him like, she was going, Baba, Baba, how could this be? How could you be here, Baba? How could this be? And he was saying, Ma, Ma, shut up. Shh, be quiet. Don't talk don't say anything, quiet, quiet. But she was just overcome with emotion and she just kept saying, Baba, how could this be, how could this be? And finally he said, Ma, I died and I was reborn in the hills, now shut up. (laughs) So then he gave them prasad and sent them away. Now Dara went quickly around the back way and caught them at the gate, the entrance to the house and that's how we got this whole story. This woman said she used to sit in Maharaji's lap when she was eight years old. He was her grandfather's guru, and he looked exactly the same then as he did now. But she did not remember the blanket. What can I tell you? That's a true story. What does it mean? I don't know. So how old is he? I have no idea. (laughs) All right. Om Namah Shivaya.
2: Om Namah Shivaya Kurave Satchitananda Murtaye Nishprapanshaya Shanta just say. Shiva, Om Namah Shiva. Shambhu Shankara Namah Shiva. Shankarana Namah Shivaya Greya Shankara Shivaya Arunachalaiva Shivaya Arunachala Shiva Om Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Namah oh, namah Shambhu Shankara Shivaya Hare asankara namasivaya shambhu shankara namasivaya hare namasivaya Shankara Namah Shivaya, Greda Shankara Namah Shivaya. Shambho Shivaya, Greda Shankara Om Shankarana Namah Shivaya Ireja Shankarana Namah Shivaya Om oh, Namah Shivaya Namah Shivaya Namah Shivaya Om oh, Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Namah Shivaya Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Shambhu Shankara Namah Shivaya Kireja Shankara Namah Shivaya Shambho namasivaya, Namah Shivaya, Vireda Shankara Om Namah Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya Shambhu Shankara Namah Shivaya Vida Shankara Namah Shivaya Shambhu Shankara, Namah Shivaya Gideja Shankara, Namah Shivaya Om oh, Namah Shivaya, Namah Shivaya, Namah Om Namah Shivaya oh, Om Namah Shivaya, Namah Shivaya, Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Shambhu Shankara Namah Shivaya, Namah Shivaya. Kambushangara namah shivaya Inejanangara namah shivaya Arum namah shivaya Om namah shivaya Hare Om Namah
1: for coming and singing tonight, joining in this open-heart space that we, we truly live in. If we know anything about a path at all, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all of us, all beings, same way that they wish for us, we wish that all of us live in peace, that all of us have good health, and that all of us live in ease of heart. With whatever comes to us in life. Aum,
2: chanting, chanting, chanting.
1: Namaste.